A special thanks goes out to the folks at Anchor.fm for bringing you this podcast. Hello again, everyone. This week, another chapter from the Bill Solden book in Just the Right Light. I'm Tom Zania, and this is Tom Read Your Story. Coming to you almost live, it's time once again for Tom Read Your Story, the number one spoken word podcast on the web for audiobooks, social media posts, current events, and just plain whatever. So let's start the show. For the next half hour, I'll be your host. I'm voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. And we are back. Thanks very much for coming back, ladies and gentlemen, to Tom Read Your Story. I greatly appreciate it. So, last week, you heard... Something from a book I narrated, I believe it was either in 219 or 220, uh, called In Just the Right Light. And it's by who I think is a terrific writer about the way things are nowadays, you know, economically and uh, the way things are uh, for people who uh, who lost jobs, lost industries in their town. Uh, Bill Solden uh, is from Northeast Ohio, as I've said. He writes these kinds of books and short stories, and this book in particular is a number of short stories that take place in Miles Junction, a fictional town in uh, Northeast Ohio that is the kind of place that he would write about, uh, the kind of conditions. And um, it's a terrific book. I strongly urge you to go get it. Either the audio book or the hard copy book uh, or the Kindle or whatever it is they make now. it's it's something if the thing of it is it that really strikes me about this book that i i never noticed in other short story books is they use a lot of the same names and places in each new story which is really cool and you'll know what i mean when you listen to it it's um it's a great book and i today am going to play you another chapter of uh, this book. And we, uh, w- what I want to say is it's, it's not just a chapter, it's a letter. It's a letter from uh, a guy in prison to his mother. I think his name is Dustin, if I remember correctly. And he is telling his mother about the way things are for him there in particular. And... Uh, the name of the chapter, if I get this right, is The Nest, The Cage. So let's listen to that now. The Nest, The Cage, from In Just the Right Light by Bill Solden. Here it is. The Nest, The Cage. Hey, Ma. I just tried to call, but there was no answer. You must be working. 
Sorry I haven't called or written in a while. Hope you haven't been worried. They just let me out of the hold this morning. But before you get all worked up, just know that I'm fine. It was just some young punk in the chow hall. Didn't like that I wouldn't give him an extra heel of bread while I was working the line. That's why I hate working in there. Always someone wanting extra and getting pissed off when they can't get it. We ended up having some words, and next thing you know, I'm sitting solo in the hole for 30 days. They take away all your privileges, no phone calls, no mail, no nothing except you in a small room, wondering if it's going to cost you your early release. So that's why you haven't heard from me, if you've been wondering. Anyway, thanks a lot for the food box and the books and envelopes. It was real nice to come back into Gen Pop and have some things to help me through. Lately, the $18 state pay I get is gone before I get it because of owing for things fronted on the two-for-one. It's an interest rate thing. I'd been saving up the envelopes you've sent along with your letters. But to be honest, I've traded a lot of those for cigarettes. It's crazy. Never would have thought you could use some things for money, but next to coffee and tobacco, envelopes are like gold in here. It seems like longer than it's been since we talked. I hope when you didn't hear from me, you didn't drive all the way down and then have to turn around and leave because I couldn't have any visitors. I wanted to call and tell you not to come, but like I said, they wouldn't let me use the phone. And I'm sure no one called you to let you know. They don't tell us anything. Like last month when you couldn't make it down to visit because of the roads. No one even told me if you'd called or anything. Just left me sitting and waiting. It didn't surprise me, though. You know, there was this old dude, Mr. Pope, a couple months back, he asked to go to the infirmary because he was having some kind of chest pains. But every CO he asked just told him to get his ass back on his bunk. And you know what? The next morning, they found him dead of a heart attack. I shit you not. That's how they do people in here. And you know what else? They get away with it. But I probably shouldn't be telling you these things because I know how you worry. I try not to tell you certain things, as I'm sure you know. Anyway, that was a bummer you couldn't make the drive, but I understand. It's just that couple hours with you every month is the only thing I really have to look forward to in here, since I haven't heard from Brenda. Have you heard from her? She hasn't replied to any of my letters and hasn't answered my calls probably can't afford it. How much is Global Tell Link costing you? I hope it's not too much. I stopped writing to Brenda, though, because when she doesn't reply, well, you know how I can get. I start getting mad and saying things I shouldn't like if she wasn't always on my case. Maybe I wouldn't have done what i done and be in this joint right now. But it's not her fault. I know that. 
It's just every time I sit down to write her a letter, that's what it turns into. And can I be mad about it, really? I mean, I love her and little Casey more than life and miss them so much, it's an actual pain I feel on the daily. Have you ever missed someone so bad it physically hurt? I always thought stuff like that was just talk. It really does hurt, though. But was I thinking of them when we were together? Hell, maybe they'd be better off without me if I'm honest about it right now. Anyway, if I get tossed in the hole again, I'll probably lose my slim shot at judicial release come spring, if I haven't lost it already. It's not like I go looking for trouble, Ma. But you know it always has a way of finding me somehow. Been that way ever since I was a snot-nosed kid. Remember when I was in kindergarten and blew up that sewer drain on the playground after dumping in a can of stuff I found by the dumpster, then throwing in a lit match from the book I swiped from your purse? I still don't know what was in that can. But I do know that fat ogre Miss Shaw had it out for me from then on. Hard to believe I can't remember names of some people from last week, but I remember that miserable woman from almost 30 years ago. Did I ever tell you she put charcoal in my Christmas stocking? Right before the holiday, she had all us kids make stockings out of construction paper and yarn, and when we came back to school, they were all filled with candy, except mine and this other kid, Michael something, I think. Ours were stuffed with actual charcoal. Can you believe that? Don't know why I'm even bringing it up other than to say maybe I was always bound to be locked up in a place like this. You think that could be true? Like maybe deep down I knew it even then? So I just went ahead and lived a certain kind of way that was just following the path fate had laid out in front of me. You think a five-year-old could think something like that? Of course, I don't remember, but I think maybe I did know. I'm sure Miss Shaw knew. She knew and let me know I wouldn't amount to much more than that. That piece of coal was the peak of what I'd ever become. Maybe she was right. I guess I've had lots of time for thinking on these kinds of things. Especially in the hole. Gen Pop is so much better because there's more to do and the time goes by faster. In the hole, it's just you and the toilet and the four walls really close together and no real sense of time passing. A day can feel like a week and a month has been enough to drive some guys crazy. They come out looking dazed and deprived. Even if I felt a little strange outside on the yard after having no fresh air or natural light for so long, first thing I noticed was how the sky seemed bigger than usual. But really, it wasn't so bad. Some guys cope with it better than others, I guess. And it's a good thing I mostly like being alone. It did get tough this last time, though, because we didn't get to visit before I went in. And like I said, they don't let you have anything in there. You only got yourself for company, and that's almost never a good thing, because the person you were 
and are and the person you want to be all get to bickering and there's not much to shut them up once they get going. And to be honest, I've been worrying a little myself about what's going to happen. One of the things that helped me through was just knowing that when they let me out, maybe there'd be a letter from you waiting for me or that I'd get to call or maybe you'd be coming to visit soon. I don't like to admit it, but this last hole shot got to me so that I've pretty much given up on Brenda ever writing or answering the phone. In the least, I'd like to hear my daughter's voice. I know it's only been a year, but that's a long time when it comes to not seeing or hearing your own child. Sometimes I wonder if Dad ever felt like I'd just forgot he existed somewhere just because he was gone before you had me. Pretty much I have. But now that I got a kid of my own, all I can think is how I want to be there, you know? Maybe you could get a hold of Brenda, get a recent picture of my baby girl for me? Brenda always did like you, and I know she'd still want you to be in Casey's life, even if she doesn't want me in it. God, what if I really did mess it all up this time around, Ma? I imagine Casey's gotten so big already. I bet she looks more and more like her mama every day, too. She always did have Brenda's big eyes and sweet smile, hair looking like it was brushed by a windstorm. Have you seen her at all? I'm afraid I'll forget what she looks like before too long, even more that she's already forgotten me. I know that's probably overdramatic, but a guy worries about these things. I think I heard once kids don't really remember things from that young. I hope that's not true. She's only two, Ma. You think she remembers me at all? Maybe she'll be like you, like when you told me once about how you still remember sounds and lights around you from right after you were born and your legs were all twisted and they had to put casts on them so they'd grow proper. How you told me you remember the room and the tools being dropped into a tray or something. I hope Casey has a good memory like that. At least when it comes to her daddy and the time she was happy. One of the things I've been most worrying about, though, is that Brenda's going to take my girl somewhere where I can't never find her. But even if she doesn't, even if she sticks by me like she's always done, through interventions and house arrest and months here and there in jail, this time we have Casey. And I'll have missed so much of her growing up that maybe I'll just be a stranger and never get that time back that I've thrown away. And that's what I've done, I know. What I've been doing since I can remember. Throwing time away. And I know, no matter what happens to me, if I get out in April or do my whole five or worse, I won't get that time back. I'll never be able to fill the space hollowed out by my not being there. The space in me. And maybe in her if she remembers. Do you think I should write to her? I've thought about it, but Brenda would probably just rip it up. 
Ever since my first go-to at rehab, I've thought about writing my baby girl and telling her about me so she doesn't have to hear it from someone else. I could tell her everything. But maybe that's a bad idea, telling a little kid her daddy robbed someone to get high instead of being home with her like he should have been. Maybe there's a better way of saying it. I don't know. Maybe I will write her. I could send the letters to you, and you could keep them for her for when she's older, maybe. Would you do that? Just in case something happens? You're probably wondering what I mean by something. It's just this last mix-up was worse than the others, Ma. Like there might be more trouble, maybe. The kid from the chow hall ended up in the infirmary, and I still don't know what happened to him after that. He was hurt pretty bad. But it was him or me. And that's just the truth of it. Anyway, there's a chance I could get another charge. But don't freak out just yet. It might be nothing. And if nothing comes of it, I'm seriously thinking of trying to get transferred to another facility. Maybe something closer to you so you wouldn't have to drive so far when you visit. Or if not that, maybe to another unit at least. Back to the one I was in before. They got me in Fourhouse again now. Which is where they put everyone when they get out of the hole. And everyone fresh off the bus. They call it the gutter because it's full of young hard asses. Not much more than boys, most of them. Ones that are like second or third generation gangbangers in on their second or third of a lifelong run of state numbers and short-time bits for slinging dope or shooting up some corner store. They're in earning reputations and don't care about a damn thing. They're living in here like it's out there, strong-arming new guys for their commissary and whatever else they can take, testing you to see if you're going to last. It's sort of funny, not really. But we're not that different. After all, I'm here now for taking what didn't belong to me, right? I've tried to mind my own, Ma. I promise you I have. I've tried to finish this time quick and quiet, but there's always someone with something to prove, and then you're in it. And it is what it is until it isn't. Until maybe it's something else, like years added on to your bit. That's how it works. I'm no saint. You and me both know that. But what's a guy supposed to do? Just let some dude come up on him and take a swing and not swing back? I mean, it's not like I caught him in the shower with a padlock and a sock or anything. But he wouldn't let it go. And all over a piece of damn bread. Hell, if I'd have known it would turn out this way, that I'd catch a couple stitches and maybe another case for it, I'd have given the little punk the whole damn loaf. Anyway, Ma, I just want you to know that I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know just how bad I hurt him. I'm told he's connected, though, which in here means if it's not him the next time, it'll be someone else. That's the way it works. I really am hoping I didn't hurt him worse than I think. 
since getting out of the hole. All I've been able to do besides write this letter is wait to be called in front of the sergeant, or worse, the warden. Have them tell me to get comfortable because I just bought myself another trip in front of the judge. Maybe another three or five years to run concurrently. That'd be just my luck, wouldn't it? So far, nothing. But this place is only so big. And it's only a matter of time before something... But like I said, I don't mean to upset you. I just figure you should know, is all. That I might be here longer than I thought. Or maybe a lot less. I'll try to keep you posted. I'll probably even call before you get this. But if you don't hear from me, try not to worry. Just look in on my baby girl if you can and try to get that picture of her for me. Sorry if I got to rambling or repeating myself. It's just that I sometimes forget what all I've told you before and what I haven't. I think I'm better at getting things out on paper than when we talk, because no matter how glad I am to see you during our visits, I can't help but watch the clock on the wall and know that our time together will soon be over. I know your trips to see me are a burden. I know they're hard for you to manage money-wise and all, and I know it's hard for you to see me in here, but it means more than you'll ever know that you haven't turned your back on me. Bye, Ma. Love and miss you. Yours always, Dustin. P.S. Maybe you could do me one more thing? When you see my baby girl, maybe you can tell her some of the good things about me? Like about when I was little and would sit in the crook behind your knees whenever you laid on your side, how we called it, your nest, and you were like a mother bird and I was your chick or whatever? How we'd watch old movies together like that uh, until I fell asleep there? I bet you thought I forgot about that but I never did. I've been thinking about it a lot, actually. I've been thinking about how bad I wish I was still that kid. Even for just a little while. In your nest, on the daybed, in our tiny little apartment, maybe already doomed, but maybe not completely. Maybe not yet bound for a cage. Back when there was still a chance. Maybe you can make a nest for my baby girl and tell her stories about when you were little. Tell her you'll keep her safe like you always did me. She'll like that. D. <sighs> a lot of sadness there. Um... That was The Nest, The Cage, one of the stories from Bill Solden's great book, In Just the Right Light. I hope you like that. That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Tom Reed, Your Story. Portions were pre-recorded. Please tell your friends if you enjoyed your visit today because we're always looking for new ones. Thanks, Anchor.fm, for this opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. Please join us at the discussion group, the group page at Facebook. Until then, take care, everyone. Bye now.
For more information on Tom's availability for your e-learning, commercial, or audiobook project, visit his website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. We hope you visit us again soon for another episode of Tom Reads Your Story.